On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I go back to Wednesday, break things down a little bit from the Charlotte Hornets loss for the Philadelphia 76ers, look ahead to tonight's game against the Orlando Magic, the first of two, and also talk about P.J. Tucker, his role on this basketball team going forward. We'll do that next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers. Your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Make sure you check them out right here again, sweatblock.com. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co host and partner. As always, Keith Pompey from TheInquirer.com, Sixers beat writer extraordinaire. What's up, Keith? Happy Thanksgiving, man. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. How you been? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Quiet day, which I always like on those days off. So no complaints on my part. Yes, I would always should be. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including Right here, YouTube, Locked On 76ers. We hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. The Sixers lost on Wednesday, the second night of a back-to-back, unfortunately falling to the Charlotte Hornets by six points. Uh, you know, it felt like they should have won that game, but things got away from them really in the second quarter where they were up by 12 after, after one. Charlotte won the second quarter by one point, and then they went on to take the third and the fourth quarters uh, some really good performances individually. But, Keith, just kind of flashing back to that game, uh, they lost that game. They probably should have won it. Yeah, they probably should have won that game. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, they, and I know they were tired and, and I know they're going through a, a stretch. But, I mean, you look at it, it it's a game that they, they should have won. I mean, we look at Charlotte. Charlotte's a team. That was their, Charlotte's second home win of the season. I believe Charlotte, that was their second win in their overall in their last 13 games, you know. So this was a team that was, you know, in for the taking just to get a, not say a layup win, but something that they can, you know, gut it out and and, and get that victory. They, 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 it was a bad loss. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, they should have won the game. Yes. What I say was a bad loss, not necessarily just because, of the fact that you are still shorthanded on that second night of back-to-back. And I look at that as the ebbs and flows of how things go in an NBA season. You some good individual performances from your backcourt again, where you get between Shake Milton and DeAnthony Melton 42 points. Tobias Harris gives you 19. Montrez Harrell gives you a good performance with 16 points in the starting role at the five spot. And you get a little bit from the bench, George Niang nine, Reed six, Cork Moss five. And you're 101 points, but you turn the ball over 19 times and allow them to get out and get 20-plus points off of your turnovers, you know how it goes. That happens. We talk about the difference of the backcourt where in that game on Tuesday in the win over Brooklyn, Keith, the backcourt turned the ball over really two times. 
And in this game, they coughed the ball up nine times. Those things cannot happen when you're playing as shorthanded as you are. You're trying to keep the momentum going of what you had. You are not a, in my opinion, without Embiid, Maxi, and Harden, you're not a playoff team. And in this roster, while we talk about how good their depth is, we also are talking about this team. If those guys are not out there, they're lucky to be 500. That's the type of team that they are. And you're missing Matisse Thibel because of the ankle that you talked about in our, our latest episode. So I'm not going to call it a bad loss overall just because Charlotte is Charlotte. And you're right. Charlotte did have a couple of days off. So they had some time to sit back and prepare for the Sixers. And they just had a really, really good uh, second quarter and then maintain and sustain that third and fourth quarter to come away with the win. Now, I mean, look, that cannot be the excuse every time, to your point of how it was a bad loss. Now, you have Orlando, and we'll get to them in the next segment, a 5-13 and 13 team, and you have them two games here. And while they're competitive, they're young, they have a nice coach that they play for, they should win these games coming up here against the Orlando Magic, shorthand or not. So second night of a back-to-back, you can use the excuse of, we played the other night. We played the night before, had to travel while they those guys waited for us. Here in this case, not so much. Yeah, you're true. But let me get back to the other game. The, the thing is, and the reason why I call it a bad loss is I think that what, what we do is a lot of people, we talk about what we see. Meaning, like, for instance, we talk about, okay, so the Sixers had their best three players not playing. We didn't say that. Um, the Charlotte Hornets has several key players out as well, you know what I mean? Or one just coming back. You know, we didn't talk about how, you know, how the Sixers just couldn't hit a hit a shot in the second quarter and they struggled. They shot like 39% from the th- second quarter on. So, you know, a lot of that, I think what we do is we get caught up, not just in you, but fans and everybody else, we all get caught up in what we see, but we don't talk about it. Like, that Brooklyn team, Brooklyn got hyped up because they went there when they played the Sixers. The Sixers played them like, oh, they're playing Brooklyn. They're playing Brooklyn. Well, yeah, Brooklyn went out there and beat Memphis, but Memphis didn't have Ja Morant. They didn't have they didn't have three of their starters, and everybody hyped it up. And then when the Sixers beat them, everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think maybe Memphis, I mean Brooklyn, might have got a little bit overconfident by going up against the backups, right? So the thing about it is I just felt like the bad loss, meaning that Charlotte used to be a place, no matter who played on the Sixers, they went in there and they got a victory. Like they, they, that's the first time Charlotte's defeating them at home in over four years. Yeah. Right. So it's just, a, and, that, and that team is a team that quits. And you know, D, you know, basketball, that team was thinking they was going to get blown out. And as long as they kept staying around, they got more and more confident. You know what I mean? So that's what it is. It's one of those things we could keep talking about it. But if you take this, um, if you take some of the stars off of that team, that Charlotte team, they definitely ain't a playoff team. I mean, right now they what the third worst team in the East. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by a bad loss. You know, they picked up their fifth win against the Sixers on the season. Um, and here's something else about the Sixers. Here's something else a lot of people don't know about the Sixers. They don't talk about it. With the Sixers starting lineup intact, they're two and four, right? Without them, 
they're seven and five. So they got a winning record without their starters when at least one of them plays. And they won four out of five before that game. So that's why I'm saying it was a bad loss. You, you know what I'm saying? That that That's the reason that's why. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's the Charlotte Hornets. So you expect to beat yeah. the Charlotte Hornets at the end of it all. So I hear you. Um, again, we just look at it a little differently, but I yeah. don't. Of course, I don't dismiss what you're saying because LaMelo Ball did not play. And they, yeah, he, but he's only played three games all season, so they do know uh, who they are. But look, thought they were going to win. I, I did. I did think they were going to win. And when, especially when they got off, you knew the Charlotte Hornets were going to make a run after the Sixers had that 12-point lead after, after the first quarter. But I did think that the Sixers were able to sustain things and maintain and, and come away with the victory. They did not. Now, uh, now we can look at it as a bad loss, as you call it. I can look at it and say, you know, those things happen. But through eight, uh, what is it, um, 18 games through, at some point we have to stop talking about that stuff, even when the guys are not playing, uh, of, of these winnable games. It was still a winnable game that they lost. So fair point. All right, man. Well, listen, we take a quick break. We come right back and we'll get into tonight's game against the Orlando Magic. Break those guys down a little bit, see where they are, because – they are, as I mentioned, they are a competitive team. They may not have a lot of wins right now on their record, but at 5-13, and 13, they compete. We'll talk about it when we get back right here, Locked On 76ers. Let's talk about BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trend for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all on betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or you use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Got to tell them do it today, people. I hope they had some success with the uh, Thanksgiving Day games, man. <laughs> yeah, I hope they did. I <laughs> hope they did. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen today for your second. Check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, man. Um, Orlando coming in, as mentioned, with a 5-13 and 13 record. Not that great. Not that great. But they do have talent, Keith. They do battle. We've seen where games Mo Bamba has gone off, Wendell Carter has had some good games, uh, maybe Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. They have a talented lineup. Jamal Mosley has his team playing well. They have, some, they have a very good mixture of players that just haven't yet been able to put it together so they're bottom three team right now three teams with five wins in the nba in the eastern conference orlando charlotte and detroit and orlando right now uh fourth in the southeast division uh their leading scorer on the season at this time uh, on the campaign is paolo banchero so this, this is the first time keith that uh, even though he's been out you know first time we really get to talk about him Franz Wagner, we know about him all too well, 19 points per game. He's second on the team in scoring. Carter Jr. is averaging 16.6 with nine boards, three assists. Uh, move on. They have seven players 
in double figures on the season. Seven players. Now, Gary Harris has only played two. Cole Anthony has only played in four. And Banchero has played in 11. But they have some talented players, man. They, they really do. So when you look at this team, they, 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 they're athletic. They're long. They're young. Jamal Mosley has them believing. Bowl Bowl has played in all 18 games and given them something as a starter. 13 games started, 13 points, eight boards. This team is interesting. And even with that being said, the Sixers should still beat this basketball team tonight. How, how do they get it done? I mean, it's, it's, you know what? I, I think they're going to have to muscle them. They're going to have to, like, do well, – they're going to have to go back and do what they did, like, when they played against uh, Brooklyn. I mean, they were a gritty bunch. They 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 did certain things. They got a little physical with people. Uh, you know, you saw the one play where my man got uh, – George Nian got the tech against – against or flagrant against Ben. But after that, it was kind of like that little elbow, you know, shoving the chest, so to speak. And I like – yeah, it was kind of cool. I mean, it was like cool to see the physicalness, but physicality. But so here's the thing. I, I think that the one thing that concerns me about Orlando is their length. Like this guy, Franz Wagner, uh, Wagner, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Wagner. 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 So the way he, the thing is, you know, they got him playing a two guard at 6'10". At 6'10". Like at first I looked it up and I was like, Okay, maybe somebody messed up, right? And I go look, and I'm like, oh no, he's been playing it too. And then they got a six nine three, right? And then a bowl bowl at seven two has been playing the power forward stuff. And then Mo 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 Bomb Mo, Mo Bamba has been playing the uh, playing the five. So now the guy Vanchero's coming back supposedly. So then he's going to be the power forward. So the thing is, they're just long. And the Sixers got to be able to overcome that that length. The one thing that, you know, when the one thing that concerns me about the Sixers is without Joel Embiid, who is not playing, um, without Joel Embiid, they tend to struggle against longer teams. You know, guys get to the rim and go out. So they have to manage some way to overcome that. They have to. And and I do like PJ Tucker's center of gravity. He can push people off the spots. I'd rather have him covering a long guy as opposed to an athletic wing. But at the same time, it's like they just have to overcome that thing. Yeah, the length is one thing that we know has bothered them in the past. And you go to the Toronto Raptors series a little bit with the Miami Heat, but that has been the case. But they typically fare well. I mean, we'll get some good competition from the Orlando Magic. We'll see guys have big performances. I'm excited to see Ben Caro if he, if he does in fact play, uh, because number one overall pick he came right in and he started to put it on the league and he looked pretty good doing so. Chuma Okiki is another name that I, that I like, um, another long and athletic guy that they wanted to take a chance on and, and see exactly uh, what he was a, what he's able to do out of Auburn. If you remember his his career at Auburn where he had the injury and he had to sit out uh, when, when he was drafted. Yeah, but they just have, like you said, a long, long, athletic, talented guys. But guess what? They've also played these long, athletic, talented guys against a lot of other teams already 18 <laughs> games in, and they only have five wins. So um, so let's see how Paul Reed, for an example, who, who we know uh, can can play those types of players pretty well. 
see if he gets to start tonight over Montrez Harrell or if, and Montrez Harrell comes off the bench, depending on Bo Bo, Mo, Mo Bamba, you're not going to get any relief there uh, with Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter is probably a better matchup for if, if he's going to start at the five, which he does, he's probably a better matchup for um, Montrez Harrell than he is for Paul Reed out of the gate. So we'll see how that goes. I don't anticipate them losing this game. They shouldn't lose this game, uh, to, to your point, Keith. Um, you have two days there, the coaching staff, to get things ready. And I, I do think that they, to to what you said about the Charlotte game, they, they should not lose this game. This is, a, again, a winnable series that they have on Friday and Sunday. They should take this one tonight. They should. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a good one. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure to say a good one, but I, it's a good opportunity for them to bounce back. Let's just yeah, it, it is. It is. It absolutely is. All right. An opportunity for us to talk about P.J. Tucker in our final segment. We'll do so. But first, let me relay, let me relay a little bit to you about Sweatblock. We told you they were the presenting sponsor here on the show today. And, and, and look, you don't want people to deal with embarrassing sweat. I am not one that has had to deal with it, but I do know family members that have had to deal with it. And it is it can be embarrassing. And it's something that they think of consciously uh, on their day to day when you're walking around, getting ready to go outside, getting ready to do this, getting ready to do that in your everyday life. And you have to worry about this. People looking, people uh, making comments and people snickering and laughing behind your back. I don't want that for anybody in my family, my friends, my circle. You don't want it either. You don't want it for yourself. So what I would like for you to do is to make sure that you check out Sweatblock and the Wipes. Sweatblock uh, has these wipes that have been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 10,000 five-star reviews. Don't miss the opportunity to try Sweatblock. I have done it. I've passed this on to the family members and friends that I've told you about that have to deal with the sweating, uh, that it can be a problem. They've enjoyed it. They've liked it. So I, I'm happy that I was able to bring this into their lives to make it easier on them. And I hope you can do it for yourself or for some of your loved ones as well. If you or someone that you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. All right. Do that today, people do that today you know i would like to have given this to patrick ewing back in his playing days because he was one of those dudes that just sweat back in the day uh patrick ewing so that would be a guy for me but all right let's talk about pj tucker keith so far on the season man he's had he's had scoring wise he's had a rough one so far for the 76ers keith first of all he snapped his scoreless streak on Wednesday against the Hornets with the three-pointer that he was able to make later in the game. It was a big one because they needed the points, and he knocked it down. But on the season, he's averaging 3.9 points per game in 30 minutes, has played and started in all 18, gives you the 4.6 rebounds, defends well, only turns the ball over one, one time a game. But he is getting a lot of looks, a lot of looks uh, on the perimeter. He takes... Let me see right here. He takes three shots a game, and 1.7 of those are three-pointers. He's shooting 40% from three. He's shooting 47% from the field. The numbers don't tell the story because we've watched the games. Keep It has not been smooth offensively for P.J. Tucker, especially since Harden, Maxine, and Bede have gone down. Yeah, I yeah. mean – 
Yeah, I, I agree 100%. It, it hasn't been smooth for him. And it's funny because you look at it and you say he's getting touches and you say he's getting looks. But it just seems like there's a lot of times when he's, you know, you'll see him open and they'll swing the ball, but they'll swing it to another side, to the other side. And and I think that he just needs more touches. Now, here's something else, though. Like, a lot of people are getting caught up with him scoring a lot of points. Like, he's averaging four points. Now, he's averaging four I don't points. Know about a lot of points. They just want him to score because they see he has these looks and he's not making them. Yeah, I mean, you get some, but sometimes it's one of those things where sometimes you like shooting the ball out of, I mean, you played, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't play in high school or anything like that, but it's one of those things where you see at times where a guy, he's not doing anything and then he gets that shot and he's like pressing a little bit because he really wants to get it and he doesn't know if the ball's going to come back and then it's like a shot that after he shoots it, he wishes he had it back even underneath the basket, you may get a bunny and stuff like that. But I wrote about this today and on inquire.com. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it and you see that this guy is averaging four points a game. So he's averaging four points a game or something like that. And and it's, it's after he went scoreless in four games, right? And he's still averaging four points, whatever it is. But, when he went to the Milwaukee Bucks, he averaged two points a game in the regular season. But then he was one of their, like, guys who led them to a championship. His play on the floor was his intangibles enabled them to win a chip. So to me, is one of these guys, I know there are some people who are saying, like, yo, you got to give us more. But at the end of the day, that ain't the dude that you really care about shooting. You know, you want Maxi, you want Embiid, you want Harden to be those guys, right? So I'm just saying this to say, like, all I know is when he was in, uh, when, when when he was in um, in Milwaukee, he averaged two points. But after he won a champ, after they won a championship, everyone was praising him for what he, the winning attitude he brought to the team. You know, so that's all I'm saying is like, give it time. I think it will work out. Just give it time. Give it time. Yeah, and again, I don't think people want him to go out there and average double digits. It's just more of the looks that he's gotten. We know that he's been known to make those shots in the past, and those are not falling yet. So to your point, give it some time. Uh, I, too, don't really worry about it all that much just because he does those other things that impact the game. But after we talked about it earlier in the week, Keith, when you wrote the story uh, before, when you talked about him getting more touches and feeling just feeling the ball, he has had, I thought, they've made a conscious effort to get the ball in his hands, and he is now passing them up. He's just like hot potato on the back, set the screen, give it back to him, and let them go do their thing. So uh, he knows his limitations. He knows what he's good at, what he's not good at, what shots he needs to take, when to put the ball on the floor, when not to put the ball on the floor. Uh, it's not a big deal for me as of yet. I know a lot of people I've gotten on the phones, to your point, especially after the game on Tuesday after Brooklyn, I got those calls even after a win, a big win, that maybe they need to change things up in the starting lineup when everybody comes back and Tucker comes off the bench and Melton starts or Reed starts. So we're going to hear that. We're going to see that. His impact is really about in the, in the postseason, in the end. If they were right now 18 games in, if they were 12 and 6 right now, maybe it wouldn't be that much of a conversation. But when you lose nine games and we've seen him go four consecutive games and not score – 
then it, it's a glaring thing for a lot of people. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Like you aren't worried about it. We'll see how it continues to translate, especially when those guys come back. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, listen, man, always a fun one. We appreciate it. Sixers and Magic tonight. First game of a two-game series in Orlando. We got to thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, all right, man, you're in Orlando. You got your stories coming. I'm back here in Philadelphia. Can you let folks know where they can find us? First of all, you can find my man D in like at two o'clock. Well, you're gonna be on. The, you're gonna be on radio from what two to what the first time? Yeah, two to two to basically six forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna get. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna uh, listen to my man D from two to six forty-five, and then right after the game, he's going to do the post-game show up until ten p.m. So make sure you go to ninety-seven-five FM and listen to uh, Divine on the show on the air doing all that. And then you can also follow him on Twitter to keep up with the game at DivineG975. You can do the same thing with me at Pompey on 76, well, Pompey on Sixers. <laughs> and then you can read my Sixers coverage um, also um, in Inquire.com. So I'll have coverage from the game. But also make sure y'all come back tomorrow and listen to our podcast, Breaking Down the Game. Yep, we're going to join you tomorrow for a Saturday episode since we all had the day off on Thursday and break down the Sixers and the Magic. We'll see if we're talking about a win. We should be talking about a win. Keep enjoy the game, man. Everybody, all of you, thank you and enjoy the game tonight also. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Sixers, Sixers Magic right here locked on 76ers. Thank you. Peace, man. Peace.